of young heroes called the Animorphs. Hello and welcome to Middlemorph Millennials, the podcast that I started to force my friends to read Animorphs and yell at them about how reprehensible genetic engineering is. My name is Morgan. And my name is Kate. And my name is Jason, and we're just going to gloss over the fact that for four years I wanted to genetically engineer dwarf tigers. Oh, (laughs) yeah, no, I honestly would be fully endorsing a Jurassic Park scenario right now. So uh, apparently, Morgan, (laughs) we're in the wrong, and you might be on the holier-than-thou right (laughs) side of things. I mean, I don't even believe in purebred dogs for the most part, so... (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't either, except for my Lulu, because she's perfect, but we got her for free. <laughs> and Frenchies are adorable, because I love to hear them breathe. I think working <laughs> dogs, yes. Show dogs, no. Like, obviously, like, um, German shepherds bred for show have horrible, horrible, like, hip dysplasia and other issues, whereas German shepherds built for work are more healthy, but then emotionally abused by the police. Aww. Anyway. Okay. Let's start wow. this off great. I'm going <laughs> to cut that. It's depressing. It is Thursday no, night. We don't mi- need that shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, m- misery of its company. Um, but maybe one day, viewers or listeners, let us know. Maybe do you guys want an unedited version <laughs> to go up once in a while? You could hear all of our behind-the-scene hot takes, controversial yet brave. I, I think they're um, going to get more of a lot of us just talking over each other if it's that unedited. <laughs> I think it's just... Okay, so first of all, today we're doing part three of the Horkbashir Chronicles. Second of all, the thing that was trending yesterday and today was like people cloning their pets. So I think that's where I'm coming from. Full context. Uh, okay. Where someone had like a dog and they cloned like 10 of them. And it's like... But it's just... Don't that's just a lot the of same. dogs. But it's just not the same dog. They're like people. Like, it's just not the Everybody's same Everybody's personality. Soul. I mean, yeah, it's like, it's technically not the same animal because it's like living and experiencing, you know, it's the world unto its own at a whole different point and a whole new being. Yeah. No, it's yeah. not the same. Maybe I'm just not drinking the Kool-Aid enough or living the full French vanilla fantasy, but I would, I'm like, you're not, like, you're not like my ex dog like you're you're a you're new 10 dog. 10 new dogs uh, which yeah. also is a lovely thing uh it's just a lot yes. <laughs> yeah yeah and there's dogs that need adopting or whatever i which i mentioned only not the adopting thing which i mentioned the cloning thing only because it's relevant to animorphs there we tied it in <laughs> yeah we yeah, are a new finishing up this homer book today or the same homer <laughs> Anyway, but I, I'm all up for cloning. Let's keep those human, uh, you know, uh, meat sacks alive for the rich people <laughs> to have, uh, you know, uh, organ donations and other stuff. But, Only if we figure yeah. out how to get, you know, our consciousness into the new body or become robots. I'd be cool with that. Really? Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't know. I could have like robot super strength. It depends maybe. on what kind of robot. There's so many different kinds of robots. I guess a chi. I would be okay with being a chi. Well, if you were a robot, think about this. Do you have to worry about food, energy, shelter, or anything? Because then if you're like, don't have to, you're like, fuck work. I don't need a house. I'm just going to turn off in the like, under, you know, in the bushes. Go, wake up be and be like. like a vine. Like, let the vines grow <laughs> over you. What if you were <laughs> one you're of like... those robots, uh, robot dogs, like uh, up at, they do in uh, Stanford and stuff. Oh, God. You know, yeah. we have like all the four legs and you're just the like, bl- you know. The black mirror ones. Yeah, those yeah. They're kind of adorable <laughs> in, weird, in a really weird way. <laughs> you just think that because that's a coping mechanism for when they come for you. You're like, oh, but you're so cute. Please don't kill me. <laughs> 
goodness. Anyway. Yeah. We're finishing up uh, the Hork-Bajir Chronicles. It's been a long one, guys, and it's been, poof, what a journey. <laughs> yeah. We've got, okay, so, so far, Aldrea, daughter of Prince Ciro, um, has seen her family be exploded, and she is retreated with Dak Hami, the Hork-Bajir seer, into the deep, and they have encountered the Arn, the species that genetically engineered the Hork-Bajir. And Which was a mind twister. Just throwing yeah. that out there. <laughs> and now they are taking the genetically engineered monsters that the Arn created to separate them from the Hork-Bajir to attack a Yurk base. And Aldrea has just incited a Hork-Bajir chant of like, do as he does to get the hork to fight and kill other hork because that's what Dak is doing. And Dak has said, shut the fuck up to Altrea because she's like, remember they're Yurks, not hork And he's like, but I'm still killing hork So we are in the calm before the battle. And he has said like, be quiet. Andalite, you're not, you don't understand what I'm about to go through. So that's where we're at. Yay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not it's intense at first all. first couple fight. <laughs> their first couple fight? They've been fighting a lot. <laughs> no, yeah, but that was passive aggressive. This was straight up just like. Yeah, yeah finally coming. Shut up. Yeah, for sure. We're on chapter 28. And uh, as we have gone through uh, in our earlier episodes, but if you haven't listened, go back and listen to them. Uh, each of the chapters are narrated by three of the different characters within this book, Dakami, uh, Aldrea, and Esplin 9466. So this is uh, from Dakami's point of view. Dak and Aldrea marched with the monsters from Father Deep, with the hork and the trees above them following, watching, and waiting. All chanting, do as he does, do as he does, just as Aldrea had drilled into them. Simple instruction for his fellow Hork-Bajir. Dak thought to himself how she was very clever. The Andalites are a very clever species, like the Yerks, like the Arn. That's a big old diss right there. Yeah, right. Like, like yeah. two imper- two Im- like um, colonized people. All of the colo- co- colonists, Col- all of the colonizers are the same. Right? It doesn't matter if they're English or American or from the Netherlands. Like, they're all the same. They're using the Hork-Bajir for their own ends. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We have been created by one brilliant species, invaded and enslaved by another, and now a third was using us. Dak hated the situation he and his Hork-Bajir were in, but he saw no way out. Then they were upon the fallen speaking tree, where the Yurks had carved out their Yurk pool. The fallen tree and pool were guarded with hork controllers armed with shredders, and they started a fire. But Dak, Aldrea, and the monsters just kept marching forward. Dak knew the pool held hundreds, possibly thousands of yurks, and just beyond the pool rested an Andalite spacecraft. Are you ready, Aldrea? Dak asked. Yes, she said. Dak focused his mind as the Arn had taught them to do. He sent a simple instruction to the hulking army of monsters behind him. Their brains, simpler than even the simplest hork understood one word, order. Kill. Kill, Dak said, looking at Aldrea. She did not look back at him. Instead, she focused all her eyes forward. For my mother, for my brother, for my father, Prince Ciro. Kill, she shouted. They surged forward, a mass of demons. They surged up the hill. Great powerful monsters, careless of gravity, bounded and slithered and shuffled and leapt at the yurks. 
They surged forward as the controllers rained fire. Monsters exploded and writhed, but they were under Dak and Aldrea's control and could not flee. So they kept coming. Yeah, I I wrote that line down where Dak says, but the monsters were under our control. They were incapable of running away. And that just seemed very significant. I don't know if that's meant to be like Dak understands the gravity of what they're doing with these oh, it's creatures. it's dark. I mean, it's like, uh, as he was just descri- uh, describing how the hork are being used between the three different species, they're essentially using all these different monster species as well in the same exact way. It's just perpetuating... I mean, you either die seeing yourself the hero or live long enough to see yourself become the <laughs> Hey, hello, Batman. <laughs> AKA that sniper meme I keep bringing up every single episode, <laughs> which is like the hork in the front pointing at the <laughs> monsters and all the way back there is the Andalites. But yeah. The Jabba Jabba just was chilling, did not <laughs> want to get into a battle today. And it right? explodes. It explodes. <laughs> Dak reached the fallen speaking tree as Aldrea made her way to the spacecraft. Monsters are uh, monsters ate up the Hork-Bajir controllers all around Dak as he battled on top of the fallen tree that was now a yerk pool. Some controllers fled as the monsters kept approaching. Dak saw his fellow Hork-Bajir in the tree still watching him, seeing what he will do. A Hork-Bajir controller rushed Dak. He avoided and slashed him down, the fallen controller rolling down the hill into the monster's fray. The fellow hork now understood. Do as he does, they shouted, and raced down the trees and joined the battle. And we switch to Aldrea's point of view. Yeah, and before we get there, I just wanted to point out the last line of this chapter is they began to drop from the trees and then the final horror began. Just like seeing his people turn to violence is the worst part of this for Dak. Oh, majorly so. Yeah. Uh, so nonviolent species... Uh, didn't know how to actually do or inflict violence and now they're fully immersed in it yeah yeah i know he was struggling with that decision before but i do think without aldrea he probably would have just let them all be taken over like i don't think he like it would have been interesting to see what would have happened without her there oh Um, yeah without aldrea taken yeah yeah so Meanwhile, while all this is happening, Aldrea is frantically trying to get to the nearest fighter so she can send her message to the Andalite homeworld. She's a bit put off by the actual realities of war because this is the first time she's actually seen battle, but she keeps telling herself she needs to focus on her goal. She does make it to the fighter and the controls are still basically the same as the original Andalite technology, although they've been modified a bit by the Yerks. She begins her message without closing the door for some reason, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> notices a hork controller looming behind her. She tries to hit him with her tail and he quickly subdues her. And we realize that this is Esplin, um, who is trying to infest her instead of killing her. And yeah, I'm going to gloss over this part because it's kind of rough. But basically he like kicks her to keep her down and then um, takes off in the fighter. Like he um, lifts off and is going to go use the weapons of the fighter on the hork freedom fighters or the actual hork Um, So, however... While they've taken off, she starts focusing on the image of the Jubba Jubba monster and begins to morph. So the Jubba Jubba, remember, is the big one with the three-fingered hands that can lift like an entire Hork-Bajir with one hand. And she 
fully morphs Jubba Jubba. She lifts the controller Esplin by the neck with one hand and she feels the mind of the Jubba Jubba just says destroy, but she had practiced the morph. She knew how to dominate the monster's instincts. Oh my God, practicing and, morphs. Hey, practicing <laughs> <All right>. a <laughs> morph. <laughs> she says, I knew how to keep my own Andalite mind in complete control and that proved to be a mistake. The monster would have snuffed out the life of the Yerk without a second thought. But I was an Andalite. We are not beasts. Which, who, buddy? Th- yes, you are. <laughs> like, I, we civilize people. We don't kill them. Fuck off. Like, They're, versus uh, like yes. everything that she taught the Hork Bajir outside to do was just go have a slaughter. Uh, She's for like, all. yeah, yeah, kill because you are lesser than and you should feel no guilt because you're just, you know, mindless creatures, mindless animals. She, it's, it's the Andalite urge to feel superior while letting the lesser quote unquote species do the dirty work. So, yeah, but then also this little bit of thing lets Esplin live again. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He gets out a few times here that by the end of the book. (laughs) Oh, I'm, I'm going to rant one in the future. I'm going to rant so hard at it. There's several times where he could have been squished. (laughs) Sorry if I did a spoiler for your chapter. (laughs) I was just like, I, I hate it so much. Yeah. Like, okay. So basically, she waits until Esplin passes out and then throws him out the hatch and closes it. And if she had fucking killed him, then Elfangor would still be alive. So I'm just saying. Mm -hmm. Um, then she demorphs and resumes her previous communication to let the Andalites know that Ciro is dead, which I will say that my autocorrect keep, uh, keeps autocorrecting Ciro to zero, <laughs> which, zero to hero. Zero to hero. There's our other Disney reference for today. Thank you. Thank you that you went there with me, Jason. Oh, I, I mean, since we got Disney plus like a few months ago, I've been just like, guzzling Ooh, hell like, yeah. content. <laughs> oh, I want to watch Tarzan Hells so much after yes. last week. Anyway, um, so she basically gets a an Andalite warrior on the line and is met with the same dismissive response that Axe got when he contacted the homeworld in book eight. So yeah, she's they need like, to have a better answering service uh, yeah, on Andalite homeworld. <laughs> <laughs> um, she is basically like, Ciro's dead. And he's like, okay. Why are you calling? Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> New phone. Are you dead news or? And she and she's like, yeah. And the Yurks are here. And he's like, whoa, 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 what? What? <laughs> and that's the end of my chapter. Uh, the Andalites are oh. great. They're the good guys. Did you know that? Yeah. Ah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh my goodness. So Dak. It's Dak's point of view again. Piles of the monsters accumulated, but the hork from the trees uh, now join the battle. Their first taste of violence ever. Dak saw the parked fighter begin to move, it aiming at shredders at him. Eldrea yelled at him through thought speak to get him and his people off the log. Dak yelled for his fellow hork to follow him, and they raced off as the controllers cheered. The controllers assuming they were actually retreating. Then the fighter fired, hitting the log yerk pool. The controllers screamed. The log burst open and the pool gushed out downhill with the gray slugs flowing. The water in the slugs washed over Dak's feet. Dak's friend Jagil shouted, kill them, and he and the other hork started killing the helpless slugs on the ground. The remaining controllers fled. Aldrea jumped out of the parked fighter before it was shot and exploded because more fighters were coming onto the scene, more yurks reinforcing and bringing in more troops. 
Aldrea came running, breathless. Time to get out of here, she cried. We've accomplished what we wanted. Dak watched her as she realized what was happening to the York slugs, what his people were doing to them. Her face changed color. Her breathing stopped. She would not look at him. Yes, quite an accomplishment, Dak said. We have to get out of here, Aldrea said in a flat tone. To the trees, Dak roared to his people. To the trees. They obeyed Dak, but he knew it was not because he was their seer or that he was wiser. It was because he had destroyed their past, and now they had no choice but to follow him into an imaginable future. Most of the monsters were destroyed that day, but that was all right. Dak consoled himself because they had become the monsters. And we're back to Aldrea's point of view. That's some good prose right there at the end. I'm just saying, better than anything J.K. Rowling ever wrote. Anyway, (laughs) I'm saucy today. (laughs) It's not because I had two beers. (laughs) We, uh, full disclosure, went to sushi before this, so. And the the waiter upsold us into a pitcher, so that's where I'm at. (laughs) Oh, yes. That sounds like a good after work special. (laughs) Hell yeah. Okay, so we cut to seven months later. And the Andalite fleet's still not there. Which <laughs> oh, shocking. Yeah, just like the Andalite, uh, the Andamorphs are dealing with. So I want to just point out here, that fleet, how fucking slow is their fleet? Why the... <laughs> why can't right, they well, get they're not fleet? prioritizing it. Yeah, ever to where they need to actually put it, which is like where the Yerk shock troops are. <laughs> right. Well, like, isn't like... Um, zero space so still like, like super duper <laughs> like like I thought it was like hyperspace like I know I thought you could like bend space and time yeah exactly it was like your version of light speed and yet somehow it's like the hearse of all fleets <laughs> is just slowly like the sailboat sl- like I, I, how would you like just oozing down to where it needs to my be question is that how are the yurks getting to all these different places and these different so species much faster like- with the same technology. Or or right. or building on top of that, then the Andalites. Well, remember, it took two right. months for Aldrea to go from the Andalite homeworld, which is not the Yurk homeworld, to the Hork-Bajir homeworld. So she was like, okay, two months, and they'll be here. But she does say it could be that Z-Space had shifted. So, so and we'll learn a little bit more about Z-Space, but it's not important. It's timey-wimey. It's Jeremy Baraby timey-wimey Jeremy stuff. Jeremy yeah. <laughs> and I'm what just is saying- it, seasonal? <laughs> yeah, it, they have the, yes. The Andalites have the tortoise of all fleets, okay? Yes. <laughs> they just yes. cannot get off their the ass. They should yes. have <laughs> should have kept the faster ships. Anyway, so Z-Space can shift, right? So it can be like, okay, this journey that normally would take two months, okay, Z-Space shifted, and we're not sure why because it's some sort of like nominal space, and now it takes 18 months to get to this place. So it's um, sh- that's what she is hoping kind of that it is because that means that they believe her and are coming in force is it because rachel's like morphing elephant all the time and displacing sea space and it's just (laughs) shifting things around yes exactly too many people morphing um so she aldrea thinks that it could be because the space shifted or they just didn't believe her because she's a young female and Dak and Aldrea use those seven months to train as many Hork-Bajir as they can and execute a series of guerrilla attacks on the Yurks. They try their best to spread resistance to other valleys, but the Yurks were always faster than them. They notice that the Shredders, so Shredders are the phasers, basically like the the 
pew pew laser guns of the Andalites. Pew pew. They are being altered by the Yurks to create Dracon beams that don't kill quite as cleanly as the Shredder. It causes more pain. And now this in the series is presented as a um, Yurk cruelty, like intentional cruelty. And I'm wondering if it's actually so they can preserve potential host bodies. That's a fair argument, I guess. Yeah. So, because I mean, like, why would they just be like, and we want to cause more pain? Like, I don't know. They they are definitely <laughs> cruel. Um, they're like the outcast teenagers lashing out at their teachers and <laughs> their peers and stuff. But I feel like that's not, I don't know. I think it's probably to preserve potential host bodies, but we never find out about that. Anyway. Mm, okay. At the same time, the Yurks are mining minerals from the planet to build more spacecraft. One day, Dak and Aldrea are returning from a harassing attack on a Yurk base. That's how they describe it. Basically, they're harassing them. They're not really doing much damage. They have a wounded warrior with them, and they bring him to the Arn to be healed. Quatsinicon is annoyed and says, As I have told you, you are not welcome here. You will bring your war to us. Dak says, It will come anyway, Quatsinicon. The Yurks are more powerful every day. How long do you think it will be until they tire of enslaving Hork-Bajir and make, begin making hosts of the Arn? The small purple creature smiled smugly. A very long time now, seer of the Hork-Bajir. We have been busy. We have not rested. And we have not put our faith in your never-appearing Andalite fleet either. We no longer fear the Yurks. He explains, basically, they've altered their own DNA. Presumably in the existing people. Uh, like not in future generations, but like the people who are alive. Seems like most of the time when you're talking about altering DNA, it's like for future generations, you know? Yeah. But basically they weakened a blood vessel in their brains. So any increase in cranial pressure will cause cause the vessel to rupture. When I read that, I was just like, that was the sensible genetic modification. <laughs> like, right? Yeah, the one, the one thing they do is like making a cyanide capsule inside their teeth, essentially. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they'll die. And they think this means the Yerks will leave them alone. But Dak and Aldrea are like, no, they'll just kill you. Instead, like regularly. And it's like, you should... It, like I, there has to be like a more sensible thing like there was that other species that couldn't be taken over either like there i was like that is not it just like the art are weird because the way they talk like they don't i feel like they do lack like that maybe they're a bit too logical they lack they lack maybe compassion or just like self-awareness empathy, empathy. there's there's just oh, they're they're missing like sometimes i feel like a key part of like you know when making a decision it would be like was that actually the smartest choice <laughs> you know, should like we have this. done that Something is something is different or wrong, yeah. So they climb out of the Arn City. Um, they rest in the Misty Zone, which is now fully empty because all of the monsters have been killed. The wounded Hork-Bajir dies, and that night they find a tree away from any Yurk-occupied areas and dig a hole to bury him in the, Yurk- in the Hork-Bajir tradition. During this time, Aldrea reflects on how they're winning small battles but losing the war and they won't be able to keep fighting anymore. Basically, they've gone from like 400 to 40 Hork-Bajir. A Hork-Bajir named Had Kalpak, Ket's grandparent, maybe? Ket, Ket Halpak? That Hork-Bajir, Had Kalpak, looks up and notices that the stars are strange tonight. They say Father Skies, or it's Mother, Mother Sky. Sky. Mother's, there's a typo Mother in, in my version. Father D. Mother Sky, um's flowers are strange tonight. Aldrea realizes it's a space battle that's going on and the Andalites are here. Yay, everything's going to be fine. And and there's 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to say, notice how it goes when the Andalites come to the Horkbajir planet and wonder how it's going to go when they come to Earth. Just saying. Oh. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, we expect nothing. No no help whatsoever. We, I still expect Aloran to be uh, Yerk-possessed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I kind of want the Andalites to make a big, splashy entrance so that everybody knows about aliens and then be like, hey, the Yerks are here. And then it's like the kids don't have to say anything, but like the Andalites do and are safe enough to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Mars attacks. Let's just get the cool <laughs> name that walks funny. They sing a song and their heads explode. Yes. All right, Dak. Yeah, Dak Hami uh, continues on on his narrative. So the Andalite fighters land in a clearing, uh, the same clearing where Aldrea and her family had lived. The Andalites were battle-scarred but confident in their airs as they uh, came off their ship. One of them introduced himself as Sofar and that Aldrea should come with him and be taken to the prince. Aldrea introduced them to Dak, but she quickly dismissed uh, his request. And then so far kind of looks Dak up and down and says, scary looking brute. Uh, Let's go, youngster, he said to Aldrea. The prince is not known for his patience and we have a hot uh, welcome to this hellhole. That was very, like, British. Yeah, I was going to say. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes, for sure. Scary looking, brute. I was like, how many times have you heard something like that in, like, a period piece? And it's racist as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, fortunately, we are patient, Dax said, stepping forward. We waited seven months for you to get here. Let's emphasize the seven here. It speaks, the Andalite warrior said. Mouth sounds, of course. He turned to Aldrea again. (laughs) Say goodbye to your pet, young one. I have my orders. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Dak is coming with me, Aldrea said. No, Dak interrupted. I'm not going with you. These are my people. This is my planet. And for seven months, it has been a hork war. You, Dak said, pointing to the arrogant Andalite, you will tell your prince that we welcome him. We will be glad to meet him when he comes here. And then Dak walked away. He wasn't sure if Aldrea would follow, but she actually did. Was that wise, Dak? she asked. They've come to help. No, they've come to kill Yerks, not to help, Dak said. It's the same thing, Dak stopped walking. Listen to me, Aldrea. We're going to end up being pawns in this war between Yerks and Andalites. That's not going to happen. My people aren't like that, she said. (laughs) We'll see, Dak said. (sighs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) We'll see. Baby girl. A couple hours later, a much larger Andalite ship landed. Dak and Aldrea returned and were taken aboard. Aloran waited for them, displeased. Aloran, Eldrea gasped. What do you mean by summon me down here, he said. When I give an order, I expect it to be obeyed. And it's war, Prince Aloran, to you, female child. Hello, sexism. Sorry, that's my <laughs> aside right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My well, name maybe Aloran is... deserved to be taken as Simpsar Threesos for a little bit. I mean, uh, it seemed to humble him. <laughs> yeah, right. Wait, wait, Aloran, Aloran isn't taken as not in this book. No, what? He is spoilers. Yeah. (laughs) Well, no, we know that already. Oh, that's right, because he had the same name. No. Yeah, we did. We did. We did talk about last time because it's the same from the book with the where they he they lost Andalite. Oh, it's it's it's, it's, what's the general's name? What's the general's name? La something that Axe talked to. Yeah, it it might have been so far. Um, no, it it wasn't so far. Okay, well, it was it was some other name. I'm not going to look up again. <laughs> well, here, let me hear. All right, yes, we, sorry, we is, totally uh, had this conversation uh, the last time. Barely named Andalite. Uh, yeah, yeah, basically, Aleron is um, the host 
for Visitor 3, but not in this book. Yeah, no. uh, eventually. So, uh, my name is Aldrea Iskillian Esk- Fallon. I did it there. <laughs> Yay. Daughter of Prince Sira. <laughs> <laughs> this is Dakami, Sira of the hork I know who you are, Lauren said, and I regret your family's death. You are no doubt to be commended for having hidden out for seven months, and will reward whoever took care of you. Was it you, hork Anything you want? You have our official thanks for hiding this female. Again, emphasize this female. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Aloran turned to command, uh, to command uh, their departure. Dak wanted to fly away with them to leave all the destruction behind, but he could not be that selfish. Not when he had to be the seer for his people. War Prince Aloran, Dak said in a friendly but not deferential tone. You have a lot to learn. If you'd like, we can give you a briefing on the situation here. A briefing? You're telling me? Aloran laughed. He and the other Andalites goffed. Dak had to struggle to control his temper. Lately, he's been having more and more trouble with anger. There are 17 Yurk ground bases spread through 14 valleys, Dax said. There are three known mining camps where Yurks are busy extracting iron, bauxite, nickel, tin, copper, and uranium, as well as various gemstones, I'm told, are useful for focusing on shredders. The largest construction area is two, vast va- two valleys west of here. It is well camouflaged, having been dug back into the slope of the valley. We suspect that they have built 14 fighter craft based on a new design, but similar in capabilities to your own Andalite fighter. These fighters are armed with two Dracon beam weapons, a blending of Andalite shredder technology with some ongantic particle wave technology. War Prince Lauren <laughs> stared. All the Andalites stared. Shall I continue? Dak asked. Dak went on to describe the new ship that the Yurks were building, what he and Aldrea called a blade ship. Aloran was flummoxed that they had been attacking and infiltrating these bases. Aldrea stated proudly that they had been attacking with their hork army. Dak admitted it had been a small army, originally 812 strong, but now only 42 are with them, with about 200 or so scattered amongst the other valleys. Needless to say, Dak said they had lost many. Seven out of ten hork that follow him have died. Aldrea implored that since Aloran was here, now the fellow Andalites will make short work of the Yurks. Aloran sighed. He did not have enough to combat 40,000 Yurks, and now the new ships that were being built only added more problems to the matter. The Andalites only had eight fighting ships and a few transport ships and less than a thousand Andalite warriors to boot. The main Andalite fleet was in Sector 2, following up on reports of Yurks in that sector. My own personal side. How many freaking Yurks must have been in that sector for the whole fleet to be there? They're just, like, you know, chasing daisies. Sorry. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) It would take a year for the main fleet to get to them. Lauren admitted since it was Aldrea who messaged them, they did not put much stock into her plea. Aldrea put two and two together. She said, yeah, I'm just a female and the daughter of Prince Ciro, so you assumed I was a fool, she said flatly. And just then, an Andalite cadet warned of approaching fighters. And we're on to Esplin! Whoop, whoop! Who's now taken on Subvisor 12. That's pretty good. Climbing up the ranks. So, uh, obviously, this this is where it actually takes a little bit of time. Uh, Sorry, my dog is just <laughs> complaining. I don't know why. Luna. Luna. Mommy's- uh, okay. Uh, we have multiple contacts, Subvisor 12. <laughs> so, um, Esplan is now Subvisor 12, newly promoted from Subvisor 17. So, apparently, you don't have to go one by one. You can, like, jump. 
places, which I guess is <laughs> great. He, we love the flexibility. He killed that many to get up ahead. <laughs> well, yeah. let's see. Subvisor 16 and 14 have been promoted. So yay, new positions open. Subvisor 13 had been killed in battle. Yay. Um, and Subvisor 15 was being executed for incompetence and cowardice. <laughs> wow. I feel like that should be done to certain people we all know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, do we have to cut that? <laughs> FBI. Uh, everything we say in this about real world stuff is satire. Great. All right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, yes, 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 yes. yes. Um, don't come for me unless you give me three square meals a day and a roof over my head. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, and he gets to take yeah, Luna no. with you. Yes. <laughs> Emotional support animal, you have to take her. Seriously. So um, basically, they had, um, you know, he talks about the the vigilante, uh, the violin, the light girl, the self-styled Horkbusher army. He admits, you know, underestimating both of them, especially Doc. And um, as they took more and more Horkbusher that were close to them and, you know, opened their memories, they learned about what the seer was. Um you know, and basically turning, you know, this is interesting what Esplan says too. He had turned his people from peaceful, stupid herbivores into fearless and dangerous gorilla fighters. And I was like, wait a minute, let's not peaceful you know, lay and that stupid in his mind are are synonyms, right? And fearless and dangerous are synonyms. So it's like peaceful equals stupid, which we know that the series doesn't believe because the se- the series loves Cassie. <laughs> and the chi and whatnot. So yes, you know, it's all that, but just interesting about you know uh yeah he did it because aldrea wasn't totally the one that pushed him to it <laughs> or but um it is yeah, uh we do learn that we do learn that actor has been actor actor uh has been killed by a hork fighter with one of their own dracon beams so that was remember actor was the yerk that actually sort of led the uprising on the home planet so he was a you know very high upranking yerk um, wasn't he killed in the deep? Like it was an Aldrea chapter. We saw him killed on screen, I believe, when they had the flashback. Was that him or was that? Was that? I thought that wasn't the Ged. He he was a Hork Bajir. No, because because the Ged had a misfire because of the mist density. Yeah, but I don't think that I don't think that Ged died though. I think it was like no, no, no. Akbar was like the Ged that uh, had um, brought Esplin out of the York pool and started giving him commands. But I don't think oh, okay. he ever. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, I think you're. Uh, it's like a, a Carter or Crater. Well, he was in a Carter, but he was in a Hork Bajir though. He was in a Hork Bajir the whole time. Carter yeah, so, or Carger with C A R G E R. He was the one who died. My bad. Yeah, Sorry. he was the one who died. So this is where we sort of really definitely contact that it's been a little bit about we're going back to the past a little bit because um, a small fleet of Andalite ships popped out of zero space, shockingly close to the hork world. So obviously this is after, you know, when, when the Andalites first arrived. So we're going just a little bit back. Um, they annihilated two of our ships in orbit. Um, that's what happened to Subvisor 15. So died in combat, died because of the Andalites. It, he realizes, though that it wasn't the full Andalite fleet, just a task force. So um, another one thing that uh, Esplin says a lot is that, you know, the, the again, he marvels at the Andalites, um, you know, intelligence, capabilities, all that, but he always says they're not immortal. They're not unbeatable. And he actually, Esplin, has uh, obviously absorbed so much Andalite data from the computer from one of their ships. So he knows their tactics. And the Andalites don't know that the Yurks know this yet. So they've also got this advantage. And, he, you know, Esplin takes a weapon station and um, basically is like, be ready. The Andalites will close within 5,000 meters. Then they will break formation, attempt to dive beneath us so they can shoot upward into our bellies. Um, so obviously, as this progresses, the formation breaks just as he thought it 
thought it would. Um, and then they basically use that to their advantage. And, um, you know, they hit Andalite fighters with their beams. Um, they go down and he's like, see, they're not unbeatable. Um, and then basically what happens is, so they're sort of going back down into the, um, they're just, they're like in uh, among sort of the trees or like at least a little bit above it. And um, they have a horse, uh, Esplan's ship has a uh, Andalite fighter on its tail. Um, so that's what they're going to do. They went down to Valley, see the trees, the Andalite's still on their tail, you know, basically. Um, they weave in and out of the trees because they know that the Andalite fighter is going to get in range of their ground-based dracon beams mm -hmm. and basically a massive powerful dra dracon beam lances the um andalite ship it doesn't like destroy the ship completely it like hits the right side of the ship which explodes but the pilot was still alive basically the chapter ends with you know from esplin's view being like we've got this see they're not unbeatable we've got this we've got the the um they don't outgun us necessarily so much, and I know their tactics. We can do this. We can win against the Andalites. And it basically ends with, like, the only way they're going to win is if their reinforcements get here quickly, and will it be enough? Dun-dun-dun! The Andalites did not save them. The war continued. From time to time, some Andalite reinforcements would show up, but not enough, and not nearly enough. Doc had forced the Yerks out of his own valley, but they're infesting everywhere else. The Andalite ships took to hiding in zero space, popping in and out as needed because they could not uh, fully defend themselves in orbit on an ongoing basis anymore. After six months, 2,000 Andalite warriors were reduced down to 400. Dak's hork army came from 42 down to just 12. There was at least 100,000 hork controllers now. Dak and Aldrea and their forces took to hiding down amongst the Arn, and the Arn weren't happy about it, but they had no choice. They were now known to the Yerks, but the Yerks found that they could not successfully infest them as the Arn had planned. But the Yerks said okay, so they ended up using captured Arn as slave labor to mine for their resources to build their ships. Dak and his forces had uh, defended the Arn city in his own valley where they hid from the Yerks, but it was only a matter of time when the Yerks rallied and took them by force. Dak looked over one of the Arn walkways and noticed as the Arn went around their day around him, there was some Andalite soldiers, always hanging out, he noticed, by one specific doorway across the chasm on the other cliffside, as if they were guarding something. Aldrea stood by Dak as he pointed out the Andalite soldiers and that they were obviously guarding. Aldrea didn't believe him, but Dak went across the bridge anyway, her following him. He went to go to talk to the soldiers. The Andalites feigned uh, any knowledge that they would be guarding anything, but they absolutely did not let Dak through, insulting him for being a hork -bizier. Dak walked away from the confrontation, Aldrea following him and trying to defend the Andalites' rude behavior, but doing so unsuccessfully. And Dak and Aldrea got into a big fight. Dak laughed at her. You almighty Andalites, there is no limit to your arrogance, is there? Well, let me tell you something. We may be simple people. But we don't use biology to invent monsters, and we don't enslave other species. We don't unleash a plague of parasites on the galaxy, endangering every other free species, and then go swaggering around like the lords of the universe. No, we're ah. too simple for all that. <laughs> we're too simple to lie and manipulate. We're too simple to be ruthless. We're too stupid to know how to build powerful weapons designed to annihilate our enemies. Until you came, Andalite, we were too stupid to know how to kill. That's quite a speech, Aldrea said softly. You've been wanting to say that for a long time, haven't you? The anger had burned itself out. Dak felt hollow. 
Not better, not relieved, just empty and tired. We were peaceful people, tending our trees and ignorant of our craters, unaware of everyone else in the galaxy. Now look at us. Look at what had become of us. The despised children of the Arn, slaves of the Yerks, tools of the Andalites. Aldreas stood close to Dak and pressed her upper body against his chest. Dak put his arms carefully around her shoulders, and they stood there on the walkway for a long time, blind to all who passed. Aldreas said she would help Dak and see what Aloran was actually hiding. Dak said she couldn't go against her own people. She wouldn't. But Aldreas said if it came down to it, she would side with him over her own people. And he smiled, but he didn't believe her. Aldrea point of view. I will say I feel like this book, like we've been talking about Tarzan. The thing about Tarzan is it's humans and actual like gorillas. But I feel like this part gets kind of, it's kind of like more Pocahontas. <laughs> Not Pocahontas necessarily, but like if this is a metaphor for enslaved and colonized people to be like, oh, the Native Americans were too simple to know violence until the Europeans came is a little bit of a racist thing to say. <laughs> a little bit. I don't know. I do, if, if that is the metaphor, I don't think that is intentional, but it's kind of an un, uh, a comfortable implication, shall we say. Um, I don't know. I didn't take it that way. I just took it as there was a purity to this species. And now it has been corrupted by these others that have infested them all in all sorts of ways. Mm-hmm. You, know, yeah. you got the Arn, you got the Yerks, and you have the Andalites. Yeah, it's definitely more complicated than that, for sure. I'm just saying that that's a, a context that could exist. Yeah, there's, there's overlay. Yeah, I could see yeah. it. So... Aldrea goes without Dak to ask Aleron what the Andalites have been guarding. Predictably, he tells her to mind her own business, but she pleads with him and even takes his hand in hers. And he doesn't notice that she's acquiring his DNA because he doesn't even know she has the morphing power. I was literally doing like, obviously we're podcasting, but I was like, like the eyebrow raises, like. like <laughs> Eyebrows you know, going like, up and up. <laughs> yeah. Or just like, back up. I was like, <laughs> See you there. (laughs) (laughs) So then she meets with Dak and he's like, so you went to see Alaron? And because he used another Horkbajir to spy on her and she's like, well, I went with the purpose. I went and acquired him. And he's like, yeah, what the fuck? He probably noticed that or someone noticed you acquiring him. And she's like, here, let me show you how simple it is. And he just takes this or Aldrea just takes this female Horkbajir's hand in her hand and acquires her without asking for permission no not which i get her not asking aleron because obviously that's like a spying thing but it's kind of a dick move not to ask i mean i guess that's not a thing that they've thought about i mean this goes back to the whole you know cassie thing cassie would be like that's a bad thing to do right and And i'm just like neither of them is cassie right now which he's already seen her acquire the the chadu so he should know what it looks like Apparently, she also acquired a jibba jibba at one point. So, yeah. yeah. And so she. She's at least doing it right. Yeah, exactly. Snatching she's... up all these morphs. Yeah, she's, exactly. she's doing it the Jason style. Just <laughs> burning bridges right and left. Grab what she needs. <laughs> needs Gets to be out a there. disembodied arm. <laughs> anyway, so she morphs Aleron and heads to the guarded door and is like acting like Aleron. And she's like, report. 
And the Andalite's like, nothing new since, well, since this hork here, or one who looks just like him, came by with Ciro's daughter today. And she slash Alaron says, different hork But then again, they do all look alike, don't they? Open up. And the guard says, yes, we're Prince Alaron. But the hork I turned my stock eyes on him. Are you questioning me? No, no war prince Alaron, not at all. The door opened, the guard stepped aside. You stay out here, watch for the girl. She may come back. That's my woman pretending to be a man voice. So <laughs> they both get in. Once inside, she logs in using Alaron's thought speak and asks, Computer, identify the purpose of this facility. And this is a great line. Fortunately, computers don't understand the concept of a suspicious question. <laughs> Basically, the computer is like, we're making a virus. And she's like, what? And it's like a virus that kills hork within minutes. Only hork And that is it. That's what they're doing. They're making a quantum virus. Genocide. Yeah, they're committing Yeesh. genocide. Yeah. With a virus. Okay. That, see, there goes my, my analogy, I think, fits. But <laughs> again, I don't think that that was intentional because Kay Applegate's amazing. But... It's um, perhaps an unintended uh, side implication of the narrative. Anyway. Well, Dak coursed with rage and disbelief over the betrayal of the Andalites. Then all he felt was sadness, knowing that all the battling and killing was for naught. The Andalites saw it. The hork had lost. The virus was an admission of their failure. The Andalites couldn't save the hork so rather than let them fall to the Yerks, they would kill them themselves. Aldrea stammered that she didn't know over and over. They didn't know what to do. Then Aldrea had the computer put all the virus in one container. She was going to destroy it. She had morphed back into herself at this point. Dax smiled despite everything. Aloran had failed them. His people were doomed now, either way. But in the end, Aldrea was his true friend. She had lied to him, used him from time to time, and yet now, here in the blackest moment, she was his true friend. I didn't believe you, Dak admitted, when you said if you were forced to choose, you choose me. Of course you didn't believe it, Andrea said. I was lying, once again. <laughs> but this I isn't like a part. choice. <laughs> this isn't a choice. This cannot happen. You and I alone going against the Yerks and Andalites, Dak said. Andrea nodded. I guess that's true. Then from now on, no more lies. No more manipulation. No more Andalite subtle, uh, subtlety. And Andrea nodded again. Let's just hope that from now on lasts longer than the next few minutes. She drew her shredder as Dak grabbed the deadly cylinder. Dak's seen many brave deeds since the war had begun, but none braver than that. The Andalite girl turning against her own people to save his own. He cared very much for her then. He probably had before that, but this is when he finally realized it. With all her lies and all her inbred Andalite arrogance, all her manipulations, Dak loved her. Aldrea fired and they blew up the room. She stunned the Andalite guards and they ran outside, racing down the walkways, aiming to throw the canister off one of the bridges into the hot planet's core. Aloran appeared and armed with Andalite soldiers at his sides, racing to catch them. They fired upon them as they raced through the Arn city. But just then, bugfighters came flying through the city attacking, and they took the Andalite soldiers' attention and focus. But Aloran kept his eyes on Dak and Aldrea. He came after them as they scrambled across the bridge. They were trapped between him and other Andalite soldiers, and they could not get far enough across the bridge to drop the canister successfully. Just then the blade ship appeared and fired upon them. The bridge exploded, Aloran on one side, Dak and Aldrea on the other. 
Then as the blade ship flew low and nearby, Aldrea took Dak's hand and they jumped. Bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. They land on the blade ship as it passes underneath the bridge. Aldrea breaks her front right leg and Dak is knocked unconscious. Um, when Dak finally awakes, he asks if they're above the deep so they can throw the canister so it can safely burn up in the planet's core. But she's not sure because they're actually now above the mist. So Dak gives her the canister then picks her up by scooping her underneath her belly. Like when I try to lift a heavy dog. <laughs> yeah, that's heavy dog style lifting. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and they jump off and land on the top of a springy tree. And Dak asks if she can morph the Chadu, but she has a different idea. And morphs Delph, who is the female Hork-Bashir that she acquired earlier. So she's now Hork-Bashir. She tells Dak that she's in this with him and that she'll live or die with him. And then now she's Hork-Bajir. She's going to become a Nothlet and trap herself in Hork-Bajir morph. Took her that long with fighting for a year to acquire Hork-Bajir. Just underline insane. <laughs> well, and I yeah, think maybe she... they're not as smart as the... No, <laughs> no. We know this for sure at this point. <laughs> and I think ultimately at the time she had faith in her species to do the right thing. I wrote down this quote. She says, my people do not wipe out entire populations. My people came to protect the Hork-Bajir, not to destroy them. I don't know what Alaron has become, but he is not one of my people. And this is very similar to one of Ak what Axe said in book 13, where he's like, why do the Hork-Bajir hate us? <laughs> and the Andalite populace believes in the ultimate good of their species. Like the general propaganda is we're, f we're good. We're the good guys. But you know, ultimately, when it comes down to it, they'll wipe out an entire species to defeat the Yerks. So I think she realized that and was like, oh, I don't want to be one of these people. You know, she could have turned Hork-Bajir a long time ago. I'm still For sure. Refrain. <laughs> it would have been helpful in many situations. Okay, continue. <laughs> <laughs> and it was helpful to turn into Alaron. Anyway, so... Then Dak pressed his forehead horns to mine, and I felt a tingle of a sensation I had not guessed hork could feel. It was a hork uh -huh. kiss, I suppose. What we Andalites do when we stroke another's face with our palms. So, I thought that that was weird. There you go, guys. <laughs> you learned... You learned how hork and Andalites kiss in one sentence. So there you well, go. Well, we also learned, like... Don't... Ket and Jerahami also kissed uh, in the other book. Uh, they did That's the horn touchy thing but and they're like yes and now we make babies <laughs> my question is like okay sensual face stroke but also like don't andalites have like the thing on their face that's like the three slits are like a, they have a nose like in drawings in the drawings it makes it look like sort of like more like protruding or whatever i'm like just use that <laughs> but... <laughs> it looks like a clitoris <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh, yeah use the clitoris <laughs> find it <laughs> okay so for a moment they sit there forgetting the horrible situation they're in and then they swing down to the ground to run into a small army of hork controllers one of them steps forward and says Dakhami, hork seer and no less than Aldrea, the daughter of Ciro I do love this new Andalite morphing technology. It was fascinating to watch. It will be even more fascinating to use once I have made you my host. And you should have killed him when you had the chance. Really should have. <laughs> and we're going to get right back to that again. Okay, so <laughs> here we are. Esplanade 9-4, double sex. Um, so basically, 
takes right back up from the same scene, but Esplan perspective. Um, you know, basically he's gloating. Um, he even says he's gloating inside his head because he is very happy with himself. Allow me to introduce myself. My name is Esplan9466. My rank is Subvisor12, although with this triumph, I think my rank is very, very likely to be elevated. Aldrea, you know, I think has some poisonous where she's like, enjoy it while you can, Yerk. You won't live long enough to see another promotion. Dang. Um, and um, he's like, we've met of, before, of course. That was the first time I saw your morphing ability. This time, I was able to watch from one of the many sensors we've strung up through the trees. Very impressive. It will take owning an Andalite toast all that more desirable. Um, basically, um, they get captured very easily. It's not really even like a fight. <laughs> it's very, it's it's like two sentences. Um, they get shackled and um, sort of a little bit roughed up. And uh, Esplin is like careful with them. There are there are bodies, you know, we don't want them damaged, you know, we're going to use them. Um, basically they're carrying the canister too. It was still sealed. Um, and Esplan is like, it looked dangerous. I considered opening it and looking inside. I was like, yes, yes, do it, do it. But then some sense of caution warned um, him to leave it alone. I was like, what kind of universal bullshit was that? (laughs) (laughs) You get spidey senses for random bullshit. I was like, elevist bullshit. Um, But, Basically, so they get put onto um, the ship uh, with two other Hork-Bajir um, controllers with Dracon beams. Um, so they're being held at guard. And Espen is like, why not morph back to your own form? There's no point in trying to deceive me. And Eldra is like, I know what you want. I'm not going to give it to you. You can't. And he's like, Espen's like, you can't possibly stay in that form forever. And she's like, yes, I can. And, and this is where I was like, Eldrea, you stupid, stupid stupid hoe <laughs> like um in fact in an hour and a half i'll have no choice i'll be hork bajir permanently and i was like dude like don't tell him that you just like you could have just ran out the timer silently and then like him even if he acquired you it would have been no big deal like it would have been know, just the... another hork bajir yeah i just oh, god damn it <laughs> and that's not even what i've been moaning about listeners for a little bit there's another part that's coming up that i'm just like god Damn it. Um, so, yes, there's a time limit. Uh, she's like, yes, Aldrea said with a sneer, there is. And um, then uh, Esplan's like, what's in the canister? And uh, Doc is like, open it and see. And I was like, ha-ha. <laughs> um, but basically, Esplan is apparently too smart to fall for a lot of this. Um, and so uh, his first instinct is to basically start hurting Dakami to basically be like, if you want me to stop hurting him, demorph. And then he very quickly realizes, wait a second, of course. And he's like, grab her, hold her down. Um, he cried ecstatically. Um, I don't need her to demorph. I can infest her now and then force her to demorph. And I'm like, yes, yeah, slow clap. The smart <laughs> Good job, you fucking idiot. <laughs> right. I know I'm being really harsh on them right now, but I'm just sort of like, guys <laughs> come on everybody everybody needs to get it get a get a grip get a clue um so basically he begins to uh release his hold on the hork brain of the host body he's in slithers out pressing himself down to move quickly out of the hork ear and then into um uh aldrea's uh hork ear and uh yeah, Espen was still hanging half out the Andalite's ear, out of Aldrea's ear, when um, he touched her brain and felt her mind and um, it had a shock to it. Not like an electrical shock, but just, I think, like a more of a you know, phys- uh, emotional shock or mental shock. Um, 
There it was, a Hork-Bajir brain physically, but within it was not the idiot Hork-Bajir mind, but lightning-fast Andalite intelligence. I saw inside the mind, the memories of Andrea the Andalite. I saw it all in a flash, all that she had been, all that she had done to thwart us. I saw the secret of the canister. Well, that was quickly. (laughs) And I opened my own mind and memories too, letting her see all that I was, all that I had been. I wanted her to fear me to understand how hopeless her life was now. So again, Eslin showing to be really cruel. Um, but while he's still half in, half out of another, trying to, you know, take over Aldrea, a movement and another hork but who? Ah, damn it. I was the villain all along. <laughs> His own host body. Basically, the ho- as he's moving into Aldrea, the host body wakes up and it was a warrior hork Um, So with that, uh, it basically kills the other the two uh, guard hork controllers. So they're dead. And um, then is... Uh, uh, Esplan is ripped out of um, Aldrea. uh, Aldrea's ear because um, he hadn't fully gone in. So he was ripped out and he cries, no. <laughs> um, so basically he's just blind and a slug on the freaking floor. And um, so that is great. I again, love the word palps. My palps lost contact with the eyes. My palps lost contact with the Andalite mind. I was blind again, helpless. Hey, um, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> basically on the deck and he's like, I knew my life would end. And I was like, oh, don't I wish. Um, and yet in my powerless rage, there was a part of me that still could think of nothing but that sweet memory of the overwhelming beauty of an Andalite running free. So very, again, very also in love with the Andalites at the same time but that's where that's where that's the last of esplin's chapter it is because he ha- he's in love with andalites because he hasn't met a tiger yet <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun and it's, <laughs> it's important to note too that um the reason why uh is it jar is it jarahami telling this story i think it's jarah jarahami yeah. yeah he knows yeah. this because uh aldrea is his grandmother and has like added it to the hork um, added it to the Hork-Bajir lore, I guess, like their stories that are told down from generation. Mm-hmm. Like she knows all of Esplin's point of view. That's why we get some of his point of view in this book is because we uh, know it from Aldroya knowing his mind. Yeah, which is why there's also the least amount of chapters for him too, because again, he was only in there for a short amount of time. Yeah, exactly. Brain Not merged. to mention that yeah. it's pretty much all of his life, right? Even... You know, everything back, important back. to him. But he's born. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So Esplin, as a slug, just lay helpless on the deck. And the two hork controllers lay there, too. Dak asked the hork who had been Esplin's host who they were. And he said, I'm Ga-Philat, he said. And you are Dakami. You are different. Dak smiled. Not so different. Could you help me remove these shackles? Ga-Philat looked at him blankly, he having no concept of shackles. Aldrea took a dracon beam and burned the shackles away from Dak's arms. Are you all right, Dak asked her. She nodded. I am now, but there is something wrong with her. He could tell. Something had changed. She noticed him staring. The Yerk, Esplan 9466. I saw his size memories, she said. I guess nothing is ever as simple as it seems. Dak looked down at the squirming, writhing slug. So harmless now, and so helpless. Dak hated him, but he was just so tired. He didn't want to kill him. They should Bullshit. have killed him. <laughs> so I'm simple. Like, you were, He's right there. Tired of it. You could have squished him. Not tired enough to shoot a gun. Oh, not tired God. enough to step on him. Yeah. Cut him in half. Seriously, like, no. Fuck. 
Oh, he could have probably just like sat and then one of his blades would have like killed him. What should we do? Aldrea asked Doc. With him? Doc nodded at the Ark. I don't know. Not just with him, Aldrea said. With everything. With us. We could use this bug fighter. We could fly away. Far away. On some uninhabited planet. And leave this place forever. Is that what you want to do? Doc asked her. I'm hork now, she said. We, we could be us. Then a boom. The ship was hit and spinning out of control. Dax saw out of the spinning windows an Andalite ship firing upon them. Aldrea fought her way to the controls, but they ended up crashing on the planet, on the hillside, and they were sliding down. And then the ship stopped, and then both Dak and Aldrea lost consciousness. Then Dak woke up in daylight, looking up at Aldrea's face, her new hork face. You're hork now, Dak said stupidly, his mind groggy and confused. Forever, she said. The time limit had passed. I'm hork Dak's head began to clear. Memories returned. The others? The two hork controllers are gone, she said. Our friend Gafalot is hunting for Bark. Aldrea lost track of Esplan 9466. He, must have sur- he might have survived the crash. They just didn't know. And then they both realized, simultaneously, that they had lost track of the canister. They ran to the wreckage, but it was not there. And then there was a call out to Dak. It was Ga. He was in the tree above them, carrying down the canister, knowing it was important to them. But the top was open. Aldrea shouted, no! They had to run. Run far away. The wind was coming towards them. Run away because there was nothing they could do for Gafalot. Dak and Aldrea ran and ran deep into the valley, back down to the Arn. They had nowhere else to go. They now knew the virus was spreading in the wind. And they saw the last of the Andalite ships rise from the deep and fly away. The end had come. The war was lost. Dak said some hork might survive. And us, Aldrea said. For now and for a while, we'll have us. Dak said... He was Dakami, who's Hork Bajir Seer, but he could not see the future, and he could not see the hope he knew must still be there. But he could see Aldrea. She was different now, a Hork Bajir, and yet still Aldrea. He could see her, and for now, that was enough. I'm glad and, I didn't have that ooh. chapter because I probably wouldn't have been able to read it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's just woof, woof, woof. It's, this well is done. a big longer book than normal and we still have the epilogue too guys don't worry but oh gosh yeah it was a good story it was really well needed too i loved the backstory and good just good overall i was like this is this is like yes again another here's like a movie Mm -hmm. yeah and i really just like we've been talking about not every yerk is evil like or the the difference between (laughs) the difference between like being understandable having good intentions but a bad result having bad intentions but a good result or not necessarily are you that, talking but about just yurks or are you talking about andalites yeah and clearly the andalites didn't have a good intention with the hork bajir aldrea did but it was also her own uh motivations yeah which are understandable yeah. i i mean i liked aldrea is a very flawed character uh yeah obviously Dak is, you know, very heroic and a tra- it, the whole story is a tragedy because we know the end. But Aldrea, very much a flawed character, but it was refreshing. Yeah, and I really like, I mean, in 1998 or whenever this one actually came out, like having a female character with this much like nuance is fully unheard of. This was the time of like Buffy when it was like strong female character. But it's like, no, she's she's got flaws. This is before the flawed seasons of Buffy. <laughs> All seasons of Buffy are perfect. <laughs> and, well, and Jason, 
Buffy the Vampire Slayer was written by K. Applegate. So fun fact. Just kidding. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, uh, we got an anyway. epilogue. Epilogue. Yeah, so we can't just leave Tobias at the Horkbajir fire. We got to see what's up with him. Um, okay, me and my boy Toby. So uh, <laughs> Jara Hamid's voice fell silent. Um, and Tobias ruffles his little hawk wings, shakes the morning dew from them. So it's been a very, very Aww. long story. So cute. <laughs> the, fire, <laughs> the fire was gone. Not even embers now. And all the Horkbajir had gone to sleep a long time ago. And basically, Tobias is like, um, that's a really great story, Jara, but it's not exactly a happy one. And Jara's like, yeah, it's a good story, sad story. Um, but Jara Hami tell father, uh, tell father, tell Jara Hami, father, father, tell father, I tell daughter. <laughs> and I was like, your daughter? Um, I still can't always tell the difference between the two. And I was like, guys, like, is that important? It's three, it's um, three horns and two horns. It's guys, not hard. It's so, it's so easy. Um, but uh, then it's like, okay, but what's the end of the story? Um, you didn't tell me an end. And Jar's like, there is no end, dude. Stories go on. That's like, we just told you someone's life. And then basically, <laughs> Tobias is like, I wish I knew what ha- became of Doc and Aldrea and even Esplin. And Jar's like, Doc and me and Aldrea have daughter. Um, of Doc and me and Aldrea have a child. Then they die. That child was your father, Tobias. That's like, yep. And then... Um, Obviously, so then that's father. So then Doc and Aldrea are uh, Jara's grandparents. And then also, like, Tobias is like, well, then what about Esplin? And Jara's like, you know who Esplin is. <laughs> and uh, again, if y'all didn't, if the children reading this didn't need it spelled out, here it is. Um, the Yurk was assessed by Andalite. Yurk could manage to survive despite everything. Visor 3. Yes, Visor 3, guys. <laughs> I think we mentioned that last book. Can't remember, but yeah, it's... Pretty it's sure we've mentioned it several times throughout this book. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Visor 3. Yeah. So, Ben, basically, Tobias is like, thank you for the story. It's like, um, is about to, ca- like, fly away. And then uh, Jara is like, oh, by the way, my daughter right here, her name is Toby for Tobias. And oh, Tobias is like, that's so sweet. Thank you. <laughs> um, and he's like, it's kind of a strange name for Hork-Bajir, isn't it? Tobias says. And uh, Kat, the mom, obviously, is like, yes, strange name. And Jara's like, good name. Toby is different. Uh, yes, Kat agreed. Toby is different. And then, obviously, when um, Tobias is flying away, when you say Toby is different, and Jara and Kent don't answer, and then um, Tob- uh, Toby is like, yes, Tobias, friend of pork yes, I am different, and different is an italicized, so yes, she is also a seer. Toby, the pork daughter, is a seer. So just how they refute referred to the seer in the beginning of the book um and then tobias flies away feeling all happy and happy and is like we're gonna write our next chapter and everything and that's how the book ends on a little bit of a higher note of hope yeah Yeah. and i have a surprise for you guys at the end in in the end of the physical book it has a statement from k applegate about this book so there's like an about the author at the end and then a quote from her and she says, The hork Chronicles is a book I've wanted to write for a long time. I wanted to show that most stories of conflict are more complicated than any one side would have you believe. Not that good and evil are impossible to find or define, just that reality is usually a little grayer around the edges. Boom. Very good. <laughs> Gray like a slug. <laughs> <laughs> but still step on the slug. Just still killing. step on the slug. <laughs> like, I get double his motivation, tap. but... Uh, double tap, double tap. Too bad. Yeah, most serial killers were <laughs> abused. We're just going to put them away in a prison where they can't hurt anybody. I've been listening to a lot of true crime this week on my week off. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> 
All right. Okay. Wow, well, we did everybody. it, guys. Yeah. All right. First Chronicles book. I think book. we got Morgan to tears there for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Well, almost. Um. Okay. So our next book is a Cassie book. It is the horse book. Hey, all you horse girls, <laughs> current and or former horse girls. I was a horse girl for sure. Um, mm-hmm. It is the unknown. Let me check again. Like I said that. Yes, um, Cass- that was the unknown. And then, yeah. Cassie's are like the unknown, the hidden, the secret, the prophecy, yeah, the, the, mysteri- very... the mystery. Like, yeah. damn it. It's all <laughs> ambiguous. Yeah. And there's um, not really anything. It's it's kind of a fun romp a la book 12, I guess. Skunk um, book. I mean, the skunk book had the termite horror, but with the skunk stuff, the cute, fun skunk stuff and spraying, like the that tone of that, yes. We've got um, some Fabio stuff. Remember when Fabio okay. got hit in the face with a seagull? <laughs> okay. We've got some The Gardens adventures. That's very exciting. Um, <laughs> oh, good. They finally need to go back to The Gardens and get more they need to get more (laughs) morphs i mean other people probably aren't allergic to crocodiles and that's a really useful morph right um fun fact book 14 horse book is the first book where all six of them get the same morph because tobias has his morphing power back yay finally so yay they need more morphs more morphs more morphs okay cool (laughs) i'm excited uh anything we should be on the lookout for for animal cruelty any other psa um racehorses but nothing cruel like just your regular racehorsing yeah um no gingering that we have to worry about if you know you know (laughs) i don't know podcast crossover don't ask don't google (laughs) and yeah just we're we've got some a fun romp at the horse track a fun romp at area 51 and a fun romp at the gardens that's pretty much the book okay horse pooping romping (laughs) well it happens (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you can send me your favorite Animorphs memes at Morgan underscore Slay, or you can add all of us with non-spoilery memes at Middlemorph. Check out my other podcast. It's called Are You Serious? And it's about shitty Reddit relationships. I mean, Reddit relationships. The shitty part's redundant. But join us. It's a fun <laughs> time. <laughs> How about you, Jason? Um, y'all can get at me at Bottomus underscore Prime on Twitter. Um, tweet me stories about your work and how much you love or hate it. <laughs> um, okay. And um, yeah, I don't know. I got nothing good. This is this so, is what it is tweet, today. Tweet <laughs> times that you stuck it to your boss. Tell us the biggest score you've stolen from your work. <laughs> oh my god! When my work, when our office was closing because of COVID, I walked away with so much stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I don't buy posters. I literally yet. filled up I filled up two large like moving boxes of shit. Hell yeah. When I was poor, I didn't buy toilet paper. I got it for my work. <laughs> hey, they were paying me uh, ten bucks an hour. They could go fuck themselves. Hey, m- my last work office was great. They gave free tampons in the bathroom. Oh, that's yeah. actually very and, nice. Um and like a bunch of other like stuff. So that was nice. No, those those are those are nice. Those won't come cheap. <laughs> and Kate, how can people get in touch with you? 
I am not on social media. So, you know, taking a leaf out of the Hork Bajir book, you could try to relay a message to me through a speaking tree and just go thump, thump, thump on the giant guitar strings on the speaking tree and spell out a message to me. Or if that's not available to you, you can email us at middlemorph at gmail.com. If your speaking tree has been turned into a giant yurk pool. Uh, then please decimate it at all costs and kill every <laughs> single slug you see. Good job now. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, they're the aggressors. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Can't trust a parasite. All right. We'll see you guys next week for the unknown, the Cassie Horse book. Very exciting. Okay. All right. Bye, that sounds exciting. Bye. Bye. Nay. Nay. <laughs>